so my N64 has been at in the shop for almost three weeks. I bought a mod for it to add HDMI and RGB. And uh, this it's a local like computer repair shop. And they did my Dreamcast digital, which is like the same thing, but for a Dreamcast. And I even cut huh. the hole and put the mod in and I gave them the pieces and said, you just need to solder it because you have a microscope. And they did a great job with my Dreamcast. Didn't take them very long, maybe four or five days. Uh, but my 64 has just been there for a really long time, and I'm quite annoyed. I. Uh, so you still haven't gotten it back? No. They said, I called them today, and they said, uh, should be done by Thursday, which is two days from now. Right. Huh. Uh. I don't know what's taking them so long. If I had their equipment, it's like 90 minutes at most of work, considering I had filed out the hole for the thing you, in the case. You'd already gotten it kind of prepped for them. Yeah. Literally, they just needed to follow the instructions, solder the ribbons into the right spot, fold the cable over, and plug it into the mod chip. And that's it. Wow. Uh, and it's disappointing, because right now, I really like want to play 64 more than anything else and maybe it's a case of like you just want to play what you can't play absolutely of course but uh i i just really want to play 64 with my new my with my crts i think the 64 is the single system to benefit most from playing on a crt I agree, and uh, you know it's it's it, I'm I want it back. <laughs> I don't blame you, you know, and I agree with you. It seems like it, it, whatever system is down or not available, somehow that's the one I I I want. It makes me realize how much I've missed it when yeah. when when I can't have it, and uh, it, I guess it goes to show all the conveniences we have nowadays. But it's still it's man, it's so true. I. I uh, I would love to see your uh, Nintendo sixty four playing on a CRT. I bet that's going to look. Oh, it's nice, uh, but even nicer will be great. when I can get an RGB cable for it mm. because of this mod. But anyway, uh, <laughs> this actually I think leads into our main topic. So before we go any further welcome to retro resolutions my name is dylan this is matt and this week we're going to talk about uh physical versus digital collections and my little story in the cold open i think can help start this topic because i have well actually now i have three uh, physical nintendo 64 three. systems three i do have three <laughs> wow uh one my brother has one is in the shop and one is sitting over here in a box that i got from ebay for parts <laughs> uh so it's not totally functional but um 
I do have a couple of Nintendo 64s, real hardware, and a real bucket of games over here that's probably got like 20 or something real N64 games, and an EverDrive. Nice. So the I've got a digital collection of games that I have obtained through various means, uh, including dumping that bucket of games I have and dumping digital purchases I've bought onto the EverDrive. So, and then maybe there's also some what other did you, games there. Uh, just side note, how did, how did you, what did you use to dump the N64 games? Ah, that's a great question. I have a device that I built from a GitHub project that uh, is basically an Arduino-based cartridge dumper. And I had to buy the cartridge slots from Alibaba or AliExpress. And, sure. Uh, I can't remember even which one. And solder this thing and order a printed PCB and solder the whole thing together. And then uh, it supports Genesis, N64, Super Nintendo, and Game Boy slash Game Boy Color games. Fantastic. That's really cool. So it makes, yeah, dumping for use on other things very nice and completely no gray area legal. Yeah, totally legit. And yeah. uh, that is, uh, you know, that is definitely one of the uh, rewards of having physical game system is being able to, you know, dump your legit copies that you own, you know, yeah. so that's definitely one of the plus side of being a physical game collector versus a, a collector of, of ROMs or emulation systems uh, where, you know, it may, you may have questionably legal software or ROM systems. Uh, and even if I do have physical ones, a lot of times it's difficult unless it's disc based like you, you had to get, you know, you had to literally solder and make a 3D printed board to be able to, uh, uh, to do it. But the fact that you can dump those, those cartridge based games is, is, uh, not the everyday collectors, uh, opportunity, you know, a lot of, yeah. I don't think a lot of people have that ability to do that. Uh, and including myself, you know, I think I have, I have one way to to do uh, Game Boy and Game Boy Color type games um, with this adapter thing that I bought uh, years ago. You know, in, in the wonderful days of when eBay sold anything, you know, there was no questionably legal or <laughs> right. Yeah, they've they've cracked down. They've cracked down bit. on quite a bit of you know uh, things that are questionably legal, but you know, in the early days, you could get all sorts of crazy electronics that allowed you to do different dumpings or, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, eBay isn't perfect. There's still plenty of counterfeit products. Mm -hmm. um, I bought a uh, counterfeit Super Nintendo controller that was supposedly new in box. 
and it came and it was... with the box but i i opened it and and immediately before i even pulled the little shrink wrapping like that the, the controller was in i could feel the weight and i was like oh this isn't legit wow uh and i messaged the seller and he was like nah it's been sitting in my my uh <laughs> you know attic for 20 years or whatever and i was like well, it's been a fake sitting in your attic for 20 years, and I demanded a refund and, and sent it back to him, and eBay gave me the refund, so that's good. That's good. I, was, I paid like $90 for this Wow. Thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> so that, That's a good point. Yeah, that's something. Uh, and I have, a, I have a counterfeit N64 game also. That, really? You know, it's like a Chinese reproduction. Does it actually, game. does it play? Yeah, it plays, but it's probably not at the proper voltage. So, scary. In theory, it's it's reducing the overall lifespan of whatever sixty four you stick it in. Yeah, see, that's that's disappointing, and that's that's another danger of physical collecting is making sure that you have legit systems, legit software or hardware for playing the games, because all of that. Uh, and it could eventually die right or will eventually die really well it's just like you were saying you know you were saying earlier you've got three nintendo 64s one of them is just for parts and when i was younger my dad and i he loved uh mustangs he had a 65 mustang when he was a when he was younger and so we bought a Mustang and restored it and I got to help with it. I was still pretty young, so I didn't do a lot of the work. And, uh, uh, but that's what we would do a lot of times is buy junker Mustangs as p for parts. And now that's changed totally to, uh, something I would have never imagined in 1986, uh, that we'd be buying not only game systems, but parts for game systems so we can keep them running you know same which is the same thing as what we were doing with cars back yep. in the day yeah and and it you know today a console's probably not gonna you're probably not gonna be able to do that with a modern console the same way you could for n64 ps1 or like kind of the last ones you can do that largely for uh the yeah so the four parts thing definitely is like <laughs> of a time past that the, for the same reason cars you don't buy four parts very often no because the computers inside them are locking those things in and same with uh with newer systems like the iphone the newest iphone you know about this the newest iphone if you take the screen off and put it back on again or switch it with a different iphone or something uh it won't the face id in it won't work really and it's like even if it's a genuine apple like if you take this one and an identical iphone and you just swap their screens it'll say no 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 i have a serialized identification number for on my logic board for wow. that screen and uh so you can't work. even fix your broken cracked screen basically right only apple can because they have the firmware flasher to allow it to copy over the serial number or whatever which for the screen. yeah in fairness is uh something they've done for a long time on various parts like i used to 
I used to flash firmwares on replaced motherboards and iMacs when I would go on site for service. It was like a normal thing, but that was sure. like the opposite because it's like, no, you have to tell this thing what the serial number on the computer you're putting it in is so that it matches, wow. not so that it doesn't lock everything out from working, which is, you know, what cars kind and of, tractors do. And, and you know, it, it I think about all the businesses, though, that claim to be able to fix iPhones and things like that, you know, and how those businesses are are kind of getting squeezed out with the oh, more, yeah. there's a, the there's more a control that, that. I, yeah, yeah, like Apple's Apple's got a whole thing. Anyway, we're getting off track. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. So <laughs> no, yeah, back on to topic though. We were, you know, really, I guess, I mean, in the first part of this is. Physical collections, are they worth it? Uh, is it worth, uh, again, having three three versions of an N64? <laughs> so, yeah. You know, it, and I think, you know, you and I kind of differ in a lot of ways on this because uh, I think I have, so I have two physical game systems, a Game Boy Color and uh, a Game Boy. And those are the only two uh, original retro. physical systems that yeah. I own. Retro systems, correct? Yeah, I, I do have a couple modern systems, uh, uh, but yeah, when it comes to retro, those are about those are the only two that I have. And I will say that I really enjoy playing them. You know, having that experience of playing the physical game system that I played as as a kid. Uh, I can I can see the value in that for sure, but I also enjoy the fact that both these were fairly cheap to get, and uh, there's really no upkeep. You know, there's a lot of hacks and different screen things that I could do if I needed to, but luckily so far they've been very reliable uh, compared to say a PlayStation One where you've got all sorts of things: the motor burns out, the laser burns out. The board burns out. A uh, uh, lot of physical moving parts that uh, could uh, it could become an expensive hobby. But tell us about your collection. What, what physical systems do you have? It's a lot. I do have a lot. I'll just try and run down the big ones here. Uh, I have an Atari Twenty Six Hundred. I have a Super Nintendo, a Genesis Model Two a Dreamcast, a PlayStation 1, a PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, which is arguably retro, um, and, <laughs> and a couple of N64s, a Wii that plays GameCube games. Not all of them did, to some people's oh, surprise. Really? Yeah. So how, why why could... Uh, and you're right, I actually lied. I do have a Wii. I forgot about that. Mm. It's, it's, you know, it's gathering dust in a closet, honestly, but... Uh, uh, well, I have four gathering dust in a closet. Four. But... <laughs> wow. Uh, with the Wii, you were saying that only certain ones could play mm -hmm. GameCube games. So what's the deal with that? They removed the GameCube uh, ports and components after a few oh, years oh really yeah so when you flip open that thing and you have the it little doesn't plug flip it doesn't flip oh. it's just a piece of plastic yeah oh that's that's a fail wow i i'm kind of glad that uh you know even though it's gathering dust i'm glad that it has those ports i never really i didn't even know that you would want to check for that so that's a good point 
Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think that's and then and I have like a, I mean, that's a good pile point of in, Game Boys. But. So you have a, yeah, you have a lot of Game Boys. In fact, I, I'm still jealous. You have the little. I have a Game Boy Micro. Yeah. Micro. Yes. I I, I slightly beat up because I rigorously used it in high school. Uh, a slightly beat up Famicom. Uh, Game mm. Boy Micro. Nice. Like a limited edition one. Yeah, and then like a four or five Game Boy Pockets, a couple of Game Boy Colors, and a Game Boy Advance or two. So, anyway, yeah. uh, what I want to talk about, I think, where I want to lead this physical collections versus digital collections. Personally, I don't think, aside from the owning a legal copy thing, I don't think that physical copies of games that you can play is any better to the experience of playing them than a digital version agreed you know like you said you have like a ever ever uh yeah i have an everdrive 64 which is a EverDrive. flash cart for the 64 i have one for the game boy and game boy color yeah and absolutely you know i can put the roms on that cartridge you know, and I get the, it's the same exact experience that I, you know, because I'm, but I'm, once again, I'm, I, it's great that I get to play on the physical Game Boy or Game Boy Color, but there's no difference than, in fact, and sometimes it's better because the memory, uh, you know, a lot of the older systems, the memory required uh, battery power to keep the saves. So having a, the ability to save to uh, to your SD card or whatever versus versus that volatile RAM, you know, uh, was a big plus. So, you know, I think, yeah. I, you know, I agree with you. You know, I think there are people who uh, like to buy games that are steel sealed. And I definitely, you know, this has been a pretty hot topic on the news lately. People are finding all the these games that have never been opened and we're stuck in somebody's closet for 30 years or whatever. Wow, and there's some uh, shenanigans around manipulating the market. Anyway. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. And, you know, and honestly, a lot of that, you know, doesn't really interest me. I, I, I can see why it would be cool to have maybe a physical copy of a game that you really loved. You know, I, sure. I'd love to have a copy of a brand new sealed copy of Contra. Uh, but I don't know if I'd keep it sealed. I'd probably open it up just for the experience of having, getting to open it up again as just like as a kid, you know, that first time experience of, of, uh, and wanting to play the game, you know? So, uh, I don't know. What do you think about that market of owning games and just keep them on your shelf, never opening them? Is that a interest to you at all? No, not even a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think too. games are meant to be played. Agreed. And of course, like I could buy a sixty million dollar copy of Super Mario sixty four. And still right. play it by not opening it and downloading a ROM or whatever. But I don't like to what end. Like it just, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not interested in, in that. Uh, the, I do think, though, that there is value 
in playing and keeping physical systems around. I think that like more important to me than collecting games is collecting hardware. Um, yeah. Especially uh, hardware that can be modified or accept um, cartridges that, that allow it to play games that you don't own i guess uh, that are, are from a you know or even backups of games you yeah, do like a backup own. of a game yeah yeah although like i will say like depending on how that backup is delivered to the system it can be more detrimental to the system in the long run like a playstation has a harder time reading a cdr than it does a pressed disc so mm. you want to not do that if you can avoid it but um right uh, original hardware will always, I think, have a slight advantage to a digital re-release. Like, I think the big one here, N64 is a real great one because they just recently announced that N64 games were coming to the Nintendo Switch. Yes, that's right. And uh, emulation of the 64 has always been um, tricky in that... Uh, what you emulate is likely not going to be very accurate to what the N64 produced. You can still play the game. Yes. And it's still going to be mostly the same functionally. Right. Well, and this was the first yeah. time I became aware of, you know, I, I remember when, you know, the first emulators came out for the Nintendo 64. And just like you were saying, it was it was deep most people thought it was going to be impossible because of the complexities of the the hardware yeah uh and to get around that we 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 learned i learned a new new set of words hle high level emulation so just like you're saying they only emulate the high level stuff so that you get the game presentation you know you get most of it but it's still not a fully emulated system and even if it is in nowadays it still doesn't feel the same like as in uh the physical physical system yeah i think my biggest i think n64 games look worse than emulated than they did on original hardware for hmm. like a multitude of reasons um the n64 rendered a certain resolution and then yes. it was of course output on a crt typically which fuzzed the resolution that it was outputting and the n64 actually had a blurring algorithm into the output so that it you know made the resolution that it output anyway i'm getting way too in the weeds there the point is that the n64 <laughs> produced only a certain resolution and so when it calculated one of its polygons, it would then have to convert that calculation into pixels to display on the screen. Hmm. And those would be fairly large pixels that uh, were you to do a full digital output of the N64 would look uh, not in motion, like, like high density pixel art or lots of color option pixel art. But uh, when you emulate an N64, 
the computer that you're emulating it on typically has a higher resolution. And so it's calculating a point to point polygon and it's drawing a much smoother straight line and probably aliasing it a little better or anti-aliasing it a little better yeah on its way there whereas the n64 kind of like relied on the anti-aliasing of its fuzzing algorithm and the crt that it was displayed on to make yeah, it yeah i was gonna say like the, it the crt itself the physical hardware of the yeah. of the monitor that you're using the crt it, totally yeah. affects it so there's there's a lot going on there where like new running these new games they look so much crisper and sharper and even if you give them a higher resolution texture because this 64 had famously low resolution textures it did uh it still just looks a little weird because the the polygons are so low count and the and the triangles on them would be so sharp yeah that it's it's definitely like an uncanny thing to view well and even you know the thing that's always bothered me is like just the way fonts were presented so if you do an emulation of the 64, you get these really blocky fonts, yeah. you know, and no matter what filter you do, it just doesn't look right. You know, it, yeah. and a lot know, of the you, time that's actually because they used a higher resolution font that they then rastered into the image crazy. rather than, than a font that was, uh, that was just like rendered as a font as a character it was rastered in as an image it was rastered in as an image and so it was a high resolution font that was reduced into a low resolution thing that looked fine and then when you on a crt and then when you emulate it and put it on a high resolution screen it looks terrible and isn't very readable because right that's not how it was supposed to work and and it and yeah and it and yeah, it just, it, you know, a lot of games that have a lot of text, it just ruins it for me, you know, when you're playing, you know, because uh, we know, of course, what it would look like when we played the original games. And, you know, it's just not the same. Now, one thing I will say that's an interesting sideline to this, of course, is the Super Mario 64 that was uh, reverse engineered yeah. and they you know the guy uh released it out on the internet and you know uh again a lot of questionable legality to this legalness to it but uh one of the things that was so neat about it is people have gone in and are creating high-res textures for it so that you can play it at a higher resolution and it looks fantastic now mind you this is this is this is a complete destruction of the game. You know, there's oh, no yeah. real, you know, there's no originalness to it at, at, you know, if you, you can take it to the point of where you basically replaced all the, all the graphics essentially to high res graphics that people have created. And yes, it looks great. But once again, it still doesn't feel like the original Mario 64 game that I grew up and played. It's yeah. a neat. It's neat. It's interesting. I, I'm totally fascinated with the reverse engineering of aspect of it, but uh, uh, and it's the closest we've seen, I think, to uh, what an N64 game can look like 
uh, on a newer system, but it's still still not the same. Yeah, and well, so to my point, the N64 I think is a great and current example of this, but mm-hmm. the because the N64 it's so blatant the difference between what is yes. emulated and what the original production was. But all systems, even the like most highly uh, uh, scrutinized emulators, um, all systems will have differences between what is emulated and what played on original hardware. Agreed. Uh, and so I think that having original hardware around, if you like the feeling of, of playing an authentic experience of what the designers of that game expected in the, you know, the speed of the game, when they designed around the slowdown of that particular hardware, when there was a certain amount of action happening or a certain amount of processing that was happening, uh, or, you know, depending on what display output you're using, like how it manipulated the uh, artifacts of that particular output. Uh, there's just all these things that you can't quite get on a modern reproduction, an emulation of that same game. That being said, there are emulators that add features. As you said, sure. you, can, you can replace textures and get a higher resolution, better looking version of the same exact game. And some re-release collections, like the Disney Afternoon Collection, I think it's called, the recent Castlevania Advance Collection. Yeah, the Konami Castlevania set. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sega has done quite a few different, uh, uh, what do you call it, Sonic... Um, you know, there's just there's tons of different Sonic collections. collections, Well, and even, yeah, they even released just... I think it was just a couple weeks ago, they released a second uh, collection of Castlevania that is based on like the Game Boy Advance games. Yeah, so and that's what I was one like. SNES. So yeah. yeah, it's like, man, they've got, I have the original one that did like the NES and. Uh, and it had actually, I just looked at it the other day. It has a bunch. It has yeah. you know, the NES games, a couple of Game Boy games, and never released Kid Dracula. Never released yes. in America Kid Dracula. Dracula, the yeah. The Sega Genesis game. Like, and, it, and it, yeah, I think it had like the. And it might have even been anyway, the Anyway, but it had just a anyway. ton of games. And yeah. it was, uh, you know, and and I think those, you know, a lot of times those are, you know, they they go out and they 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 hire a reputable emulation company to like a digital eclipse. Yes. Digital eclipse, for example. And, you know, uh, I think those games run really great on whatever system that you've purchased them on, you know, uh, the mini systems, uh, same thing, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, uh, uh, I have the, Oh, the super Nintendo, uh, one. And, uh, one of the things I love about it is not only, uh, does it, you know, it's still not the same as having and owning the original Super Nintendo by any stretch. But I love the fact that, of course, it has HDMI. Yes, it's emulation. Uh, you get a controller that feels 
somewhat like the original. Again, it's not the original, but it's still it's just that kind of it's feeling. pretty dang close. They, it's they pretty did, awesome reminiscing. Yeah, and I yeah, the Sega Genesis one, I I am still amazed at. I think they did such a fantastic job on on that one. But the Super Nintendo as well because uh, the other thing I liked is that it was they easily hacked it and you can boot up into the Nintendo, uh, the NES mini system, and it plays the same, the, the original NES menu uh, from the mini system. It, yeah. And then uh, you can play all the games on it. Of course, you can add your own uh, uh, NES or Super NES ROMs to the system. Uh, some of them you can even do like RetroArch and add other games you know they get a little slow uh you know the processes in them were pretty good especially they were more good more than enough for like the sega genesis or the super nintendo in my opinion but uh but still it's still at the core of it is an is emulation yeah and well what i like about these re-releases and uh emulators official emulators in particular um is that they try to up the ante and make it worthwhile Mm-hmm. by introducing um, additional features, uh, sometimes like in the Disney Afternoon Collection or the Mega Man uh, co- Anniversary Collection, I think it's called. Uh, they they produce like art that, that from back in the day and they include right. that. And then they, the, the hot new thing I absolutely love about these digital collections is that they introduce uh, rewind or save states or both yes. features. Um, you know, it, it's interesting you said about the rewind because at first I was kind of against it. You know, it's like, ah, oh, you're, you're breaking the game or whatever. And, and uh, as I've said before, one of my favorite arcade games is Shinobi. And uh, it became available in one of these, you know, collection things that you could buy. Was it on the and Genesis Mini or the? It was actually, uh, it was actually on the Switch, and it was just okay. Shinobi the arcade game. But it was made, uh, so it was a single, single collection. I, it wasn't even a collection. It was just is, Shinobi. Is that the one of the hamster ones? I think it is, but it. Uh, honestly, I'm not 100 percent sure. But yeah, we'll have to check. Anyway, the game uh, introduced save state and rewind. And, and this was the first time where I found that rewind to be so much fun because I'm pretty good at that game. It's one of the few games I'm good at. And I, I put, you know, a thousand dollars and quarters into that game, uh, when I was a kid and, uh, some of the, some of the movements feel like they're just burned into my brain because I've, you know, played that game so much. But one of the things I really like about doing a rewind is if I screw something up, being able to go back and perfect it and keep, uh, keep trying again and again, not having to start all the way at a certain point. It was almost immediate that I could just rewind, start right from there, perfect it and, and, and then move forward. And I found that to be so rewarding, uh, as a, as a, as an enthusiast for that, that particular game. Yeah, uh, I just looked it up, by the way, and so it's a Sega Ages. Sega's been re-releasing a bunch of their games uh, on Switch as in these Sega Ages yes. collections. Or not even collections, just re-releases. They're just releases of single games, yeah. Yeah, well, so the reason I brought up Hamster is Hamster 
has been doing like a lot of uh, retro arcade game ports on the Switch. Oh, yeah. And so you'll get like like literally like coin insert coin prompts arcade nice. games that nice. are redone by this company called Hamster. And they put some pretty interesting modern features in too. Um, so for example, the NES and SNES classics have, and even the Switch Online versions of those systems have like a CRT filter. It doesn't look very CRT-like, but it's, you know, something. But they're trying, yeah. Yeah, and Hamster has gone so far as to even, like, I think it was Xevious I saw, was pretty well-known because of the title scroll. Uh, yes. The, the title image was the, the thing that was on the screen most often in the same spot all the oh, time. Oh, yeah, it was, it was like it would, it would burn in on, on arcade games because it was on the screen so much. Exactly. So it would burn in oh. on the screen, and so players <laughs> would get used to seeing the burn in on yes. the screen even during play. Right. And Hamster has gone the extra mile. Oh. I believe it's Hamster. They've gone the extra mile, and they have a CRT filter mode that includes wow. the burn in. That is brilliant. I mean, I can't believe I just said that. And that's what you were going for. That's amazing. Because I remember that as a kid, absolutely seeing, because that Xevious was on the screen all the time. And it was a really cool graphic. I mean, it, it was neat. I see why they did it. But yeah, that was one of the first good examples of a burn-in screen that you would you just had to, you, you kind of dealt with it, but now yeah. I would totally do the burn in screen version. I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to have to pick that up. That's, that's really fun. Yeah. So and smart, smart. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I like to do all of the things I like to have physical collections, but more, more than the physical games. I like to have the physical hardware just cause I want to play it as it was. And, but I also like to have digital stuff. I, I like to have the, the switch online to play the games on the go sometimes or, right. uh, you know, I've got a, I've got a PS Vita here. That's got a retro system in its own. Maybe, uh, that's got just a ton of PS one and PSP games. That, it had some uh, good, yeah. The PS one emulation on that thing is, uh, pretty amazing. And so, you know, I, I have got a, I've got a hefty digital collection as well. Um, in fact, I've even dumped the PS1 games that I've legally purchased on my PS3 and PS Vita and played them on my PS1, my actual nice. PS1. Your physical PS1. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, cool. You know, and I think there's some versatility. Things go both ways, right? Like sometimes I dump an N64 cartridge to play in an emulator, but sometimes I dump a digital game to play on the real hardware. That's that's actually really cool. I I never even thought of doing it that way, but that's I think that'd be totally fun. I, you know, I I agree with you. I think physical systems, you know, as we've already talked about, there is definitely some value to it. Uh, uh, probably more sentimental to me than than any other factor but yeah. you know for me uh my problem comes down to space yeah. uh i just i just i'm already borderline hoarder for all my toys and electronics that i do collect and yeah. I, I just don't have the space to 
to collect the physical system. So I've, I've kind of, you know, I've, I've, uh, done my best to, to, to kind of stay out of that market. I see the value of it. I love seeing, you know, in the magazines, the collections, uh, that people have of physical collections, especially the ones where people, they actually are playing the games and they're actually enjoying the systems that they've collected. Uh, I certainly, you know, admire that. And, uh, you know, if I had a lot more space, I, you know, I would love to have a Shinobi arcade system, you know, an original, which sadly is getting harder and harder because, uh, well, the electronics are burning out and people are either trashing them or it's just becoming more rare due to age. But, uh, but yeah, I just don't, there's just no way, you know, I have no, I'd have to like take out my bathroom or something. And, uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, I just can't, I'm not going to do that for, for an arcade game, but, uh, you know, for me also, uh, portability, uh, as you know, I love portable systems. I love being able to take my games on the go, whether it's a switch or whether it's, a uh, uh, the latest Chinese import of portable system. Uh, I really enjoy playing with those, setting them up, uh, I think the new uh, Steam, what's the Steam one going to be called? Oh, yeah, the Steam Deck. The Steam Deck. You know, you and I both have got it pre-ordered. I Uh, actually don't. Oh, you don't? Oh, wow. Uh, So I pre-ordered it, of course, because it's portable. And uh, already Steam has RetroArch available for it. So as as, as soon as that system becomes available, you'll be able to download RetroArch and and emulate probably, you know, any system that you would want to, to emulate. So I think, uh, uh, portability has become a huge factor for me. Uh, I, I relate it to, uh, my best example is, uh, eBooks. I, I love physical books. I love the smell of, of a book. I, I love holding a book in my hand, but the price to pay for having all those books in my collection versus uh, a single Kindle that I can carry with me. Uh, you know, my Kindle that I have right now has pretty much every book I've ever read. And then like 60 books I haven't read all, you know, all in that one single little flat device. And uh, that portability makes up for all the other sentimental reasons or the physical reasons that I would like to own or have those books or bring them with me, you know, same, same, same with video games and uh, yeah. gaming systems. It's just the, the portability of it all. I, yeah, I think that's a, that's a pretty good, uh, so, I mean, you pre- so it sounds like you don't, you don't like to really buy old games. In fact, actually, so before we move on to this next point, which maybe actually, uh, yeah, Okay, so I guess I'll start here. Uh, you don't try to obtain collections of games because you'd prefer to just have a digital copy. So you that, don't know where you go. Because I was going to say, where do you go to get games? I've got answers, but... Well, and I'll give you my one, and, I, and I'll let you take the rest. Because, you know, the only one that I've ever done is eBay. And that's because, again, I've wanted a rare game that either one I couldn't find online or... Uh, at one point there was a 
Saturn game that hadn't been uh, ripped uh, or imaged. Uh, it was a Shinobi game, I know, big surprise. And it didn't do very well. Uh, and of course, the Saturn system didn't do very well in general. Right. But uh, so I did buy a physical copy of that. And it actually eventually did get ripped. But I actually kind of like having the physical copy. Just, uh, again, I've been able to not only rip it and have my own image of it, which was pretty cool. Uh, the other way, the other reason I've, I've bought games on eBay is to import them. So, for example, uh, especially the PSN, PlayStation Portable, uh, the PSP, excuse me, uh, the original, uh, there were a lot of really neat games from Japan that I wanted. Uh, mm. Some Bleach fighting games and some other things that you couldn't you couldn't get, but they weren't region locked. So I would buy them, and I could I could I could play them on my uh, you know uh, American P PSP just fine. Right. right. Uh, so those are the two main reasons I've gotten some games is either I just couldn't get them online or find them, or I just definitely, you know, I really wanted an, Im an import, but I've only used eBay. How about you? I use eBay probably the most, even though like it's, it's not typically that great of a value to go with eBay, but yeah, I do because it's quick and it's convenient. Easy. It's a convenience it's factor convenient. for sure. Yeah, uh, but I've I've gone when 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 garage sale season is happening, we will sometimes go out and and st stroll the garage sales, and I typically have my eyes on one thing at a garage sale. I don't really want other people's junk. Yeah, I do want their old video games. Nice. <laughs> and I will pick up the like the stuff I am not interested in. <laughs> at all typically the kind of game i won't be interested in i'll pick up i have one exception i don't pick up sports games you know i'm not buying i'm not out here to buy pga tiger woods 2002 it's just not gonna happen right uh but typically like i bought devil may cry and god of war 2 at a garage sale for a buck a piece nice. a few weeks ago wow and I don't even like those games. Yeah, but still, for a buck a piece, I, I yeah. would totally, I would totally buy those. Yeah, I love it when you go to a garage sale, and it's been a while. I had a, I had a girlfriend who, her mother was huge garage sale buff. She just, she was crazy about it. Every Saturday, she would drag us out, and, uh, but you know, you'd find these collections of like, any ten atari 2600 games for a buck you know just ridiculous prices and so you know i would buy all those games you know for a dollar or two and like you said you know i some of them i i could have cared less about and uh i agree with you though the one the one games i i just am not into sport games so those have always been off my list so you and i definitely are in agreement on on that one uh Tiger Woods aside, no, not even Tiger Woods. I just, I, I, I just can't do the sport games. It's just not my thing. Yeah, I do think I might, you know, if I had seen a Sega Genesis copy of, you know, John Madden football or something, <laughs> sure, back in the day, maybe I would. You know, if, if there was like an NHL '94 out there, I'd probably pick that up. But we're talking some like 
Yeah, if it was hockey, real, I might just because I like hockey. But. Yeah, but but if you know, if it's like the when 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 the sports games really cranked into high gear with like annual releases. Oh yeah. Uh, in the early two thousands, in particular, yes. that's when that's when I got I no. Um, right. So I will say this: this is not re- really retro anymore, but I don't buy physical games of today like i haven't bought physical new physical games in years because it's i don't know it's i I just don't like they were they were they were built to deploy digitally and so to me that's different than right 64 emulator because like well that game wasn't built to do that whereas like if i buy ghost of tsushima on the ps5 like that's that's a game that was built knowing that people were going to download it and so that's right i that's a really interesting distinction and i'm really glad you brought that up because i think modern retro gamers that are going to look back i think physical hardware and stuff is going to become less and less important to uh younger people because they never had that attachment to the mm-hmm. physical things. And, and I completely agree with you. Uh, I haven't bought, I haven't bought a new game, you know, a physical game. I bought one collector's edition that was part of a, like a fund fund me type thing. Oh, and, yeah. and, and it came with the physical copy. That's the only reason I got that. It was art, the new R type, uh, Mm. uh developed by one of the original r-type games which it's really awesome it was and it's for the switch uh but you could still get you can still get it of course digitally it's made to be digital you know made to be sent digitally and uh and if i hadn't got that collector's edition i would have absolutely just purchased the 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 non-physical edition and i think you know, once again, it's like my books, it's a, it's a convenience factor. It's like, I'm not going to go to the store. I'm not going to go to even Amazon and have to order, wait for the game to come in. And nowadays you, you buy a game and it takes 10 years to install a physical <laughs> yeah. copy, you know, where when you're downloading it, yes, you still have to install it, but it's all part of the process. Download, install, it all just happens and you can just set it and go. Yeah, where, and if you pre-order a game because you want to play it day one That's or whatever, right, that's it, right. You can preload, and so it's like having the convenience or the, the immediacy of like a midnight release. Yes. But even in digital. Uh, and yeah, you didn't have to get up at you know you didn't have to get up at midnight. Go to the store, get the physical copy. Yes, I have some fun memories of doing stuff like that, but I'm too old for that. You know, yeah, nowadays too, no way. You know, I'll wait a week. You know, yeah. it's like, uh, well, we I was just talking about the that new world uh, MMO. I would have loved to have played that day one, but I know now that those games usually are packed and everybody's in queues and yeah. everything goes wrong. I'm too old for that. I'll just, I, you know, I waited almost two weeks before I finally just, you know, played it. And I had a much better experience. You know, everybody was just complaining about all the problems that it had. And it's like, I didn't have those problems cause I just, I just waited, you know, but yeah, I'm too old for getting up at 12 a.m. and going down to a store and, you know, 
it was great to talk to all the fellow nerds and and talk yeah. about the game and stuff but i've had that experience and I, i'm glad i had i'm glad i've had physical you know buying physical games and that was certainly a fun aspect of my childhood and young adult life but i'm i am glad that we've gone to a digital world and i know a lot of people i have some friends that are honestly still still mad about that you know they want the physical games they hate the fact that we've gone uh to pretty much digital only medium uh but i am definitely not one of those people yeah it's weird i'm i'm definitely you know straddling both sides of that line but you are uh, you are yeah i think that uh you know what do whatever makes you happy well enjoy that's for it sure however you want to enjoy it i have a really weird like you know uh personal philosophy i guess you could say about this that i don't think <laughs> any i don't think it makes any sense and i wouldn't recommend other people do this but yeah for whatever reason i like to go with whatever the original intent of the medium was right. so if it originally came out on a cartridge, I prefer to play it on a cartridge on a CRT. If it comes out digitally on a, on a, you know, loaded on a modern system through the internet, that's uh, how I probably want to do it. Uh, it's that's just, right. It's just how well, I. Well, and I think that that's. It's interesting that you say, put it that way because when you talked about garage sales, you know, there were two things that I look for: video games, and of course. Uh, I collect LPs. And so, you know, mm. it's always awesome to find like a great LP collection that, you know, uh, is usually for cheap because for they those don't... of us who don't know what LP means, what does LP mean? Uh, I honestly don't know. You know, it's a record. Right, like a vinyl record. Vinyl record. So I knew that. I just was. I, I, I don't know what LP actually stands for. That's funny. I I have no idea. You know, it's always been, you know, either people call them records or LPs. I usually call them LPs because records can be confused with other things. So I usually go with LP. But uh, did you look it up? I did. It stands for long play or oh. long playing. It I I should have remembered that. It yes. probably so, because it's probably due to the like way that the micro grooves or whatever. Were yeah, there's well, longer... there's yeah, it's kind of like you know, like a old VHS. You had long play, super long play, and SP, mm -hmm. which I don't even know what SP stands for. But it would be short play. Short play, I guess. Yeah, I probably know. short play. But uh, LPs actually have a physical speed to them. Right, right, so, right. So it has to so spin at a certain the RPMs, per yeah, yeah, rotations per minute. And uh, anyway, we're totally going off. But anyway, LPs uh, are one thing that, of course, I love to collect. I actually hit uh, record four hundred this wow. week. So I'm, I know I'm pretty pretty excited. I'm I'm gonna try to stay under four fifty so that if I get close to that number that means i probably need to get rid of some records that i don't play uh but i have to say the 400 that i have now is really kind of i'm really happy because it's it's pretty much my ultimate collection you know of everything that i've listened to so but one of the things that i love about lp is that for me a lot of the records that's how they were meant to be played you know uh 
Right. Oh, uh, one of the artists was talking about how uh, back in the day, they would physically, you know, how the tracks were set meant a lot. For example, the first song was supposed to get you really into the record. Then there'd be one song technically in the middle of an album, but it's actually the last track of, of the Before first side. Before you flip this. Okay. And that, that song is there to convince you to flip it and play the rest of the album. And, you know, I just love the idea that that's how people had to think about albums back then in today's society where we can put anything in any order that we want. Uh, that isn't the way, especially older albums, uh, you know, I would say late 80s to and under, especially, you know, yes, CDs were out, but they were still, they were still thinking about how do I get that person to flip the side of the record and listen to my whole album. And, uh, uh, and that, and listening to an album in its original format, uh, feels right to me just like it feels yeah, right okay. to you to play yeah. a video game in the format that it was designed for so i can definitely i can definitely see that aspect just in a, a different world i guess uh so do we still want to cover more of the markets or are we done nah, i mean nah let's i think because that's pretty much all i had uh for that there's i mean you can go to like a flea market uh which or I game stores really like of. you said game stores sometimes do carry used it, i mean it's it's probably the worst place to go just because i hate the overpricedness of it and the yeah they just i, I mean it's such a ripoff when you go into like you know any of those game stores in the mall and right there is we uh, do have like a local guy Oh really? A, yeah, that like you know, it's it's game crazy is actually he's still somehow it's like the Oregon. We have the last blockbuster on Earth. We also have the last game crazy. I, I remember we had a game crazy where I live, and uh, oh, it's been forever. I didn't even know any of those existed. So yeah, he owns guy, the last game still got, crazy. Maybe there's more somewhere else, but yeah, he's he's the last game crazy i know of um that's and oh he, i actually would want to go just just to see it so that's pretty <laughs> if you're ever down this way we'll we'll have to go. we'll do it yeah uh but it's still like you're right like wow what's the he's he's probably price competitive with ebay right so, which yeah. you know being able to buy it there and not have to deal with uh uh transportation shipping all that that's that's kind of nice you know uh that immediate reward of being able to find a game and buy it you know right then and there um but so yeah there's there's some benefit to that but also the selection is typically so small yeah that... and once again uh the expense it's usually not mm -hmm. worth the money i mean for some people i'm sure it is but and you never know the condition of the game depending on if it's you know well, that's the Unless nice thing they about let going you to the look store at it. is that you can see it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, when you buy it on eBay, it could be, you know, his version of used could mean the disc was, you know, slid across concrete, you know, and and uh, it it's unplayable, you know. Right. But you're not going to know that till you get it. Yeah, and again, you know, at the store, they've got a some amount of return or swap out policy of some sort 
eBay, eh, <laughs> it's a little spotty on how that's going to go for you. Yeah. So there's some benefits and some downsides there. My favorite thing is to just go to a garage sale. People don't know what they got or they don't care that they've got it. And you just find That's some PS1, PS2 games, you know. Typically, it's hard to find anything with a cartridge anymore, but... Uh, yeah. You know, if I see it, I'm going to nab it. That's right. And that is a lot of fun. I mean, I would... Uh, especially, the you know, the one physical system that I, I don't have anymore that I had was the Atari 2600. Uh, you know, and I traded it in for a... a a modern system that allows HDMI and has a cartridge input so I can still uh, uh, play physical games and I can even dump them with that system, which is really a neat uh, capability because it is difficult, like I said, to uh, dump cartridge games unless you have like a custom system like you've set up, which uh, sounds really awesome. I, I remember you telling me about it before, but uh, it's I'm glad you reminded me about it because uh, I'll definitely, like I said, if I'm down your way, I want to see it. You you didn't buy an Atari VCS, did you? No. Good, don't. Okay. And we're just going to leave that little nugget for anyone curious. <laughs> okay. You just have to Google the Atari VCS for yourself. Mm -mm. Um, or don't. No. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> uh, gotcha. <laughs> anyway, um, no, I think that's good. Uh we I, we brought up a few things that I think in this episode that I think I want to make our next two um, our next two episodes about. Okay. Uh, and I don't know what order we'll do them in, but first sure. is I, I I want to talk about mods to original hardware. Yes. And I want to talk about handhelds purpose built for emulating. One of those is clearly in my court, and one of them is clearly more in your court. Sure. Uh, but I think those are both interesting things. To yeah, I agree. Because I think there are, you know, especially like you said, when it comes to emulation, and, and you know, I've bought a lot of portable things, uh, but I've also custom built lap, uh, computers to that are just for emulation. So yeah. that would certainly be fun to, to chat about. I would love to do that. So yeah, I think both of those would be, and I, I've got a lot of learning because when it comes to the physical, uh, you know, adapting older systems to play with modern hardware, such as going, you know, like your HDMI adapter and things like that. I have a lot to learn because, you know, before I knew you, you know, to me, it was just really easy to just again, go on eBay and buy some cheap little adapter that converted it, but the quality was terrible. You know, I, yeah. oh man, and, let me tell you. And I honestly had no wonders. idea why, but so um, we've got uh, a lot to chat on that. Yeah. I think. yeah, we'll do it. So, uh, that will do it for this week's episode on, I don't know, Matt and I's various uh, experiences <laughs> with physical collections and digital collections and our thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, and you can look forward to those two topics coming in the weeks to come. Uh, and if you have any topics or questions or concerns for us, uh, you can contact us at retro at gmail.com. That's retro R E S P O D at gmail.com. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll Thank see you. you next time.